1: Well, England and Brennan McCullum have named their first 11 for the first test against the Black Caps. Uh, There's some new names in there facing off against his former teammates' uh, role as the new England coach. McCullum will be feeling nervous. There's plenty of intrigue in this series, you know, for us here in New Zealand, but also over in the UK as the era of Baz and Stokes begins. It all gets underway tonight from 10pm our time with ball-by-ball coverage here on this very station. Oh, the Telegraph's Tim Wigmore is uh, one such cricket writer who's been uh, showing a lot of interest in this from an English point of view. Tim is a celebrated uh, cricket writer. Many, many books uh, he's put to, uh, uh, to pen, to, to paper over, over the years. Uh, he also, of course, uh, works for The Telegraph as uh, one of their chief cricket writers also got a book now as well called uh, cricketonomics the anatomy of a modern cricket tim welcome to the show uh, thanks for staying up uh, the late for us thank you
0: well oh, cheers smith no it's only it, it's 10 o'clock here so it's it's not 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 too late here yet yeah.
1: Not too late. Okay, that's cool. Look, uh, okay, highly anticipated on, on this side of the world for a number of reasons. We're involved, Tim, of course, uh, uh, and there's a slightly new twist to it, of course. Um, we don't really have a lot of ownership over Ben Stokes. He left here as a young kid, but he has, he's New Zealand born, of course. But Baz, we know Brendan McCullum, we know very, very well. He works on the station, or used to. Um, so there's uh, a, a real amount of interest. What about from England's point of view, at this time, the way they're playing?
0: Yeah, I mean it's obviously been a pretty terrible kind of era for English Test cricket. So they won one uh, Test in the last seventeen, um, and there's been a real kind of culture of kind of negativity about the team. Everyone feeling very very down. Um, obviously, when England gets thumped in the ashes, which is happening, fe- fe- which happens quite a lot, you get a big kind of ex- existential crisis of English cricket with all parts of it kind of being taken apart, really. Um, and I suppose one of the the big appeals of Brendan McCullum to England is, you know, the the template, which was basically England in white ball cricket, kind of really copying New Zealand after the World Cup in 2015, winning and crashed out. New Zealand got to the final, um, and there's been, yeah, the real hope is that something similar can, something similar to that can happen. Um, obviously, sort of England learning from New Zealand, and also just generating more. Kind of sense of optimism around the team. It's been really, really bleak for for quite for quite a while now, and just injecting that kind of new spirit um, into the team is is a start of it. It's obviously going to be a long job. There's not going to be quick fixes here, but um, the mood certainly around the camp is is different. What about the mood
1: um, amongst sports fans uh, and in the public? So have they been really accepted of this new hierarchy in the English team?
0: So I think a lot of people have kind of. Fallen out of love with, with the England team, the England Test team, anyway, um, and therefore there's sort of a sense of pff, let, let's give this let's give this a chance. I think you know we know that uh, Brendan obviously he's never coached first class game before. There's clearly an element of risk there as the England hierarchy, as Rob Key, the managing director, has admitted. But I think there's a sense of you know whatever we were doing before was not working, so trying a very different approach. Yeah, kind of why not? What do we have to lose? And I suppose. For, for McCullum, I mean, if you're taking over a team, one win from 17, that is taking a team at rock bottom. So almost anything that happens now, uh, it, it kind of can't be worse than that. And I suppose, and I suppose the hope is are where New Zealand were when they were bowled out for 45 in McCullum's first test as captain in South Africa in 2013. That's that's the hope anyway.
1: I would imagine both uh, Stokes and uh, McCullum are, are pretty happy that uh, you know this test match is starting very shortly. Uh, because at least uh, now we can get about the business of actually playing cricket, so pressure goes off them a little bit in that regard in terms of what of expectation. Uh, Stokes as a leader, what are you envisaging there?
0: So again, we don't, you know, we've we've got a coach who's never coached in first-class cricket. We've got a captain who's only captained in one game before, actually, which is the Test against West Indies in 2020, which England lost. Um, but clearly, he's yeah, he's regarded as actually smart tactically. He's obviously someone who doesn't like to take a backward step. But if you look at his batting, actually, you know, for all his his array of shots and stuff, you know, he's a very he's actually a very shrewd Test batsman. He he doesn't only play in one way. So I don't think we're we're not expecting. Kind of a team who kind of charged down the pitch all the time, as as McCullum sometimes did himself as a Test batsman. But I think I think we're we're expecting England to be a bit bit more positive. Some some of the bowlers already talked about how the emphasis will be on trying to bowl the team out in in less time, even if that means um, conceding a few more more runs per over. So that sort of approach, um, again, not not dissimilar to probably what we saw under McCullum's Test captain's captaincy with, with New Zealand, albeit bit Williamson's Williamson's probably led the team in a slightly different way.
1: He has, certainly has, uh, slightly more conservative I think we'll all agree on that uh, Tim Wigmore we're talking to from the Daily Telegraph of course also a, a very celebrated uh, writer uh, in his own right away from uh, the actual ground aspect of things so Tim, uh, let's look at this uh, England 11 that has been named uh, Stokes obviously captaining uh, Alex Lee's at uh, the top of the order, tell us a wee bit about uh, this fellow.
0: Well, wow, so he's someone who's done kind of all right without being amazing in county cricket for the last few years. And then he played in the West Indies where he kind of, he, he stuck in, he got stuck in, he faced a lot of balls, but didn't get, get into the 40s even. Um, so I think as a, a left-hander as well, Tim salby obviously a very good ball to left-handers, that will be a challenge for him. He's probably one of those guys who has a bad series and he, he he's probably out, out, out of the door. So he'll be under pressure and so will his partner, Zach Crawley, who, as he had a very torrid time against New Zealand in the series a, a year ago, um, especially kind of just nicking off outside of Stump playing his booming drives. So it'll be interesting to see mm. whether he can improve on that performance this time.
1: A lot of focus too on uh, Ollie Pope, uh, who hasn't quite delivered at five or uh, even at six at times. So what about the confidence for him to succeed at number three?
0: Yeah, it's, it's certainly a big call. Cool. I think so. His numbers in the county championship are unbelievable. You know, I sixty nine for Surrey. The incredible numbers, um, but he hasn't been able to transform that, uh, transfer that over to England so far. Averaging like twenty eight so far in Test matches, and he's looked looked jittery at times, changing his technique, changing his guard. He actually got bowled. He, he got bowled leg stump in his last last Ashes Test um so it looked a bit frenetic um but very very talented and yeah, he's he's gone up to three which is partly partly because it's a show of faith in him it's partly because they decided they wanted joe Root at, at four they decided they wanted stokes at six best at five and they wanted to get pope in the team and it was the only slot but yeah very talented player this is a gamble this is a guy who's never batting the top three in first loss cricket at all um so to be doing that on a potentially coming in at five for one in the second over um tomorrow um yeah it was will be a, a new challenge for him
1: the issue of uh, Joe Root batting at four Tim is uh, an interesting one because often you, you look at the role he had to play as captain as well and, and he was in so early throughout the ashes uh, all of a sudden he's no longer the captain but also dropped down the order uh, by one slot what what do you make of that?
0: Yeah it's, it's very interesting one he's He's constantly been going to three and back again really since 2015, 20, 2016. Um, he actually batted at three in the West Indies, moved back up there, got two centuries, then he fell twice in the kind of low-scoring game, which, which was the series decider. Um, but he's always really admitted that he prefers batting at four. Um, and I think the, the thinking there is just about him where he's going to get the, the most runs because he's sort of been, when he was at three, I guess, he was protecting players at 4 and 5 who weren't really making the most of that protection whereas if you can keep brute away from the from the n- new ball he's obviously a fan- fantastic player so they've just decided you know that's his best position i think he he will stay there now and similarly with ben stokes actually he was he was batting at 5 and now he said he wants to go down to 6 so i think england like having that very experienced core at, f- at 4 and 6 and kind of um the rest of the batting order a- around them um, and we might see might see a return for Josh Butler um in time. That's also possible. Mm. Um, McCullum, as as kind of said, would like him to come back potentially at some point.
1: Yeah, uh, that'll be interesting. Of course, prolific IPL series, fantastic for Josh Butler. Question mark though over his, over his Test match batting. No question mark though, uh, Tim, over the performance over the years of uh, Stuart Broad and James Anderson, who are clearly. Uh, towards the end, not the beginning. Uh, what do you make of this combination back together again? I mean, I, I imagine it's the people's choices. Is it yours?
0: Um, it is, but that's partly because kind of there is no one else. It's a bit of last man standing. England, in- 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 by my count, have eight bowlers who be in the mix, including Mark Wood, Audie Robinson, Chris Wokes, Sam Curran, who are all out of this. So um, almost by the process of elimination, you're left with the two with two old guard Um, They were both dropped in the West Indies, which was was a pretty harsh call, probably especially on Anderson, but really on Broad as well. Um, And now they're coming back. But they did attract some criticism before for being a little bit defensive in their lengths with the new ball, sometimes bowling a little bit too short to avoid being being driven and, and Broad actually said that they're gonna try and be slightly more attacking with their bowling, which suggests they might try and, and pitch it up a bit more. So that'll that be an interesting aspect as well. But clearly two amazing bowlers, eleven hundred wickets between them, um, you're certain to start in. And and I don't know England have become kind of at times in the past weirdly obsessed with planning for the future, which normally involves the next Ashes, I think now and that's actually been quite damaging mm. I think now they just want to do whatever it takes to try and win and clearly as anderson and broad uh, they give them the best chance of winning this this match and they need to find a way to stop the rot basically
1: well uh, ben stokes is from durren and he's managed to squeeze another Durham player in there and matthew potts uh, tell us a wee bit about this uh, this player
0: yeah he's making his, his debut um he's he bowls fairly quick, so sort of mid mid high eighties, not not sort of rapid rapid. Um, but yeah, he he got a, he's got a, a, a good bounce, quite a, a feisty cricketer, um, and he's just seen as offering a, a bit of a point point of difference. The alternative was Craig Overton, who's. It's probably a little bit too similar to, to Stuart Broad to have them, them both in the team. So, yeah, and then Potts has been the in-form bowling hand cricket. He, he deserves a shot. But again, he's if you're being kind of brutal, he's sort of probably baddying this or Troy Seema, given they've got so many ones they'd love to have, including Joffrey Archer, who are all injured for various reasons. Do you think
1: the crowd will come, Tim? There's been t- some talk about low ticket sales, and Lords is usually, you know, the, the blue-ribboned event uh, early in the season. Do you think they'll come?
0: Well, no, that mean there's. I think there's reports of about fifteen thousand tickets over the first four days, um, which haven't been sold yet. So that is a lot. Um, I mean, laws has been a bit greedy, you know. um, The the remaining tickets, I was looking, you know, for under sixteen. Some of them one hundred and ten quid. This is absolute nuts. Um, So they have been a bit greedy, and there's talk of it's the Queen's Jubilee, and that's um, meaning a lot of people away from from London and yeah, people who might otherwise come, but I think Lords are being a bit greedy, I mean it would still be a, it will still be a, bit, a pretty good crowd, it won't be a terrible crowd or anything, but um the fact we we still have tickets available for tomorrow which you wouldn't normally have um, is a bit of a con- concern.
1: Crickonomics is the book The Anatomy of Modern Cricket. Uh, in that you you discuss the issue of uh, concussion uh, amongst uh, many other things. Uh, what did you find when you you delved into the concussion problem within cricket possibly?
0: Yeah. So basically, if you look at concussion, um, what happened in Australia before and after the death of of Philip Hughes, there was a a sort of tenfold spike per season in in instance of concussion in in the men's professional game. And basically what what clearly happened is there was no evidence that there was actually more concussions being sustained. It was just people were so much more on it with with being reported. Um, And if you look around the world, um, countries are often still very bad at reporting concussions so there's hu- there's actually a lot of concussions that happen and don't ever get get uh, reported we we you know look at our numbers we think there's about uh, you know, 40 instances of concussion every year in the, the men's men's professional game which is a major concern actually in the women's game as well um, per ball bold uh, women are substantially more likely to uh, sustained concussion than, than men um, so that's actually going to become a growing issue as well and obviously we've seen in sports like American football where you have impacts of a con- number of concussions down the line um, and that could be a real issue for cricket we've seen with, with Will Pokofsky the young Australian opener he's already got 11 concussions and he's mm. he's 24 so it's been pretty unlucky but it, it does show the risks of kind of repeated blows to the head.
1: The anatomy of modern cricket suggests you uh, have put a white coat on, uh, perhaps uh, got a scalpel out and really dissected the game. Is that the case?
0: Yeah, so it's with it was co-written with Stefan Shomansky, who some of your listeners might know as the author of Soconomics, which was a similar book on, on football. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've gone into, into all issues. Um, we've, we actually have a, a chapter on the rise of New Zealand, which is a very important story, actually, be given we're kind of in the age of the the big three in Australia and controlling the game, the New Zealand have actually shown there's a way to com- compete on the field despite the sort of game's whole whole structure already being set up against them.
1: Tim, uh, absolute uh, pleasure talking with you. Getting a bit more insight into those new players too from uh, you know from the England camp. Uh, it's it's a lot of interest here, of course, uh, not and it's added to, of course, because of of uh, Brendan's involvement. I mean, uh, as I said uh, slightly earlier before I got to you, uh, it's not uncommon for coaches to uh, go and work for somebody else, to coach somebody else. It is quite unusual though when they are a superstar in their own country, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and um, and obviously only retired, actually only retired from playing completely like, three, three years ago and only from New Zealand around um, 2016. Um, so it mm. will feel strange. Obviously Kay Williamson sort of gave that a dead bat as as you probably would would expect but I think I think it will it will be a little bit bizarre um and, yeah, we have that Kiwi element. I mean, as um, I think Kane said today, because with Dan Vittori being assistant coach of Australia, um, there is that kind of Kiwi element in a few other teams as well. And in the, the next Ashes as well, there'll be that kind of Kiwi sub, 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 subplot. So, yeah, it's odd. I mean, it, it is part of, of course, just what, what happens in one game. But it's, yeah, it's also because England have been pretty pretty keen on this New Zealand template. And you know, they basically said the England problem is a culture problem. And McCollum is the best man to fix the culture that, really is why he was appointed.
1: Tim Wigmore, thank you very much for your time uh, this evening, uh, London time, and uh, look forward to uh, getting hold of a copy of crickonomics uh, the uh, anatomy of modern cricket. Sounds very, very interesting indeed. Thank you for uh, taking part in our show this morning, New Zealand time. Thanks, Tim.